my favorite singer. How that's how she did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh oh, playing some games, going insane. <laughs> okay. Um, too many weeks in about... a row. Oh, were... uh, uh oh. All right, I'm trying to get this. Damn, I back feel like rails. a gamer. Damn, I feel like a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bundle Buddies, the podcast where we play through the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. My name is Alex Honnett. And my name is Eric Taylor Roth. The itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality was launched in June 2020 during the massive outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840 plus creators and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, as well as the Community Bail Fund. This is episode 24. We have played 65 of the 1,365 playable games in the bundle. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, my friend, Eric taylor Raw. Hi, Alex. 65 out of the 1,365. That makes it a clean 1,300 games to go. We're really chipping away at it's this It's true. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, now that I have a PC, I can we can go back and play all those um, the ones games that, that I had skipped because they were PC specific. Yeah, there you go, there you go. We could go on a bit of a PC uh, hike, a bit of a PC trek. Well, what uh, a PC trek, uh, a a piss trek? It'll be great. Yeah, go on a little piss trek. Uh, Speaking, of, track, games, baby. speaking um, of games from the past, I'm I'm jumping ahead, Alex. I'm going for it. I was just playing Let's Overland. Let's do it. I love it. Uh, oh. The game that we played in episode 20 um, uh, with your buddy Mike. And, uh, oh, it's so good. It's turn-based. I just, like, got decimated just now. I, I had a crew, and we were going hard. And then I stepped on a trap that, like, evaporated me and a guy got stuck behind mm. a dumpster fire and it just like mm. very quickly went real bad uh it's such a good game isn't it kind of isn't it kind of amazing though the way it like is so charming in the way it completely annihilates you that you're just like oh great <laughs> you know and like it's obviously frustrating as fuck but it's just like ah, i didn't know that was gonna happen this is crazy this world wants to kill you yeah yeah it's uh it's really good i liked it a lot and it just feels so glow what would you say your glow. your frustration to delight quotient is right now For, uh i don't feel very frustrated i don't feel very frustrated by it i think it's just like that's great but i don't know i don't know i just well maybe i am frustrated i felt like i had a good run and then I just died, and I didn't make it to the end. So I'm like, oh, now I gotta start over from. I it, it's like one of those things, right? Where I made it far enough, where I'm like, totally. I don't know if I'm gonna start over from the beginning and actually try to beat this, because I feel, I don't know, maybe I will. We'll see how I feel tomorrow. I just like that it's like we'll a see. slow experience that is like kind of chess like in the way that those tactical games are turn based, and you know, you get to like think about them ahead of time. <laughs> You know, as opposed to sorry. I mean, of of any of the games we played in this bundle, it's most most worth returning to. Oh yeah, I'm sorry that I burped. I had the seaweed. Oh my god, did you really burp? I just burped. 
That that's disgusting. I didn't. It was like that's a disgusting. quiet burp, but it. It. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Alex. That's okay. I don't, you um, don't deserve this. I I'm playing this. so much shit. It's crazy. So this gaming PC is officially taking over my life in a both a good and bad way. But I this last week I played like a bundle level of games. Uh, there's a game called There Is No Game that I strongly recommend. It's sort of a narrative puzzle game uh-huh. that is so fun that Katie and I got really into one evening. We haven't finished it yet, but I think we will very soon. Um, I had that on my, There's all these Steam games that I had that were like in other older humble bundles I bought that I just like have had. So I've been like going back and like I installed all these games on here. So there's uh, my head spinning. There's so many options. Um, <laughs> Been playing Griftlands, which is amazing. Subnautica, Spirit oh, Fair, Civ Six, fun. Monster Train. Oh, Monster Train! Oh my fun. God, Subnautica is so cool. Monster Train is so cool. There's all this shit. The Xbox Game Pass is just insane. Oh yeah, you can great. just get so much good shit on there all the time. Oh, you know, um, what? I could play with you guys now. In Deep, <gasps> Deep Rock Galactic and all that shit. Yeah, you can. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You're not invited. We're gonna do it. I said you're I not understand. invited. You don't want to mix uh, mix the worlds. It's yeah, you know. Do you remember when you tried to like mix friend groups in high school? Did you ever try to do that? Disaster. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. It was an absolute disaster. No, <laughs> it's never worked out, and it never will. No, <laughs> never introduce your friends to any of your other friends. Bundle buddies. Well, speaking, speaking of, of introducing friends, our guest, <laughs> our guest this week is uh, Simon Schwartzman. He's an organizer and great thinker. He's also a member of Eric's online crew. Eric, tell us about Simon. What do you think? Simon, of him? Simon's the best. Simon, uh, yeah, you said it. he's uh, he's just out there. He's getting he's doing the good work. He's getting shit done. Uh, great friend. I've known him since high school. I've known him for a while. Uh, great guy. Like him. Like him a bunch. Uh, his cause this week is uh, Brave Space Alliance, uh, which we're delighted to highlight again. Brave Space Alliance is the first black-led, trans-led, LGBTQ plus center on the south side of Chicago and is designated des- designed to create and provide affirming and culturally competent space services for the entire lgbtq plus community of chicago uh you can visit them at www.bravespacealliance.org or on twitter at bs alliance shy and um we've donated them if you donate and send proof to bundle buddies podcast at gmail.com we will shout you out on this show so do it you know uh, let's get right into it. It's a it's a spicy episode. I like this one. <laughs> yeah, I like it a bunch too. Simon rules. Yeah. Um, we'll see you after. Okay. Now with my, with my job, you don't really. I don't really need to look presentable. Um. Um. Hi, Simon. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Simon, you are um, you are a gamer, you're a programmer, you are an organizer. Uh, yeah, lately you're part of a you're part of Eric's guild. You're also part of my guild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the STDs. The yeah, student test drivers. Yeah. We're uh, <laughs> we we play a lot of we play a lot of games together, but we don't really we don't really get into it. 
All right, we're going to get into it. <laughs> let's get in there. Let's just like do some let's get in there. Uh Simon, you're also you're also probably the biggest listener to the podcast. Um would you let's let's start let's start with some like real real talk. What would you do to make this podcast better? Yeah, constructive criticism or uh not constructive. Yeah. Um uh, I not invite me. Maybe. <laughs> All right. This was a quick episode then. Thank you so much. <laughs> we take your feedback very seriously. Um, yeah, no, I, I no, I mean I I've uh, I'm a, I'm a big uh, I'm a big Eric Roth fan and by uh, by proxy a big Alex Honnett fan hey, <laughs> for years. Um but uh yeah, no, to make this podcast better. Uh I don't know. I like. I really like the the, the Biddy episodes where you guys oh, okay. got like funny people on. Yeah. Um, I think have more that it's funny people on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like have like yeah, yeah, funnier people. Funny and people. <laughs> I think I also I also uh, like that I like that you've gotten a lot of like people who who are like involved in games in a slightly different ways. Mm. Like you've had you've gotten some people who are like. Uh, involved in like different kinds of games or like twitch streamers or like people who worked on like actually like working on games which mm -hmm. it gives like different perspectives i like that um because uh yeah and you know i i think that like the the my relationship to you know i just listened to one of your previous episodes my relationship to games is like uh is very similar to some of the, the things i've heard uh previous uh, uh participants mm. And it's it's like nice to be like oh yeah that game I haven't thought about that game in a long time, mm. um, which is like a fun uh, sort of trip uh, down memory lane. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also um, it's also interesting to hear perspectives from people who are like whoa they have a completely different relationship to this thing. Well, like it'd be interesting to talk to like people who are like uh, who like make games and hate it. Simon. <laughs> tell us about your early games. Tell us, tell us where it all started. You like video games? Where did it begin? Yeah. So, um, I think that like early on, yeah, uh, I had a uh, computer at home, and I had a Sega Genesis. So, uh -huh. um, so computer games. Uh, it was actually like my parents' computer that like every so often I'd be like, oh, can I go play games on it? And sometimes it didn't really have games, so I would like play like like uh, a flowchart making program, <laughs> uh, which was, uh, I, I didn't do very well at those. The, but then like, um, one of the things I actually, as I was thinking about this is I was thinking about like, oh man, I really liked, and probably the earliest games I played was like, we, we had Prodigy, which do you guys know what Prodigy is? It's like, no. it was like a, a way of connecting to the internet that was like, basically like, uh, it had like a front page that was like kind of like Yahoo that like had everything on it and had it had games as part of it too. Uh -huh. um, oh, cool. And I was trying to I was like, what are the games I played? And apparently, it's very hard to find screenshots of Prodigy because it's like such early internet. But so I I, I know that there are some games there that like, and I think one was called Mad Maze. I think. Um, yeah, well, was there even a screenshot function on computers back then? Do you know when they when Prodigy think, was happening? You had, to take, you had to take a Polaroid of it, right? Yeah, or or it would just like you would hit print screen and it would literally send the screen to your printer, um, <laughs> and you had to intercept it in between. But yeah, that was it. Um, yeah. What what kind of computer are we talking about? Was it a, a like a Windows PC, an Apple Macintosh? 
It was a Windows PC. So yeah. you're doing rocking like the the pre Windows ninety five uh, Windows with the um, sort of yeah. individual folders. Oh I yeah. Oh man. I remember actually now that you now that we're talking see memory lane, you know? Yeah, there you <laughs> talking go. Talking about Windows ninety five. I remember like opening up Windows ninety five and playing games on that, like Civilization. That was uh, an early one. Um, but yeah, before that it was like MS DOS games with like floppy disks. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh yeah. Do you have any recollections of because I had a my grandma like got a an old computer from her church rummage sale or something like that and we got that and it came with just a bunch of random random floppy disk games so i had like mm-hmm. a weird a weird like floppy disk games in the basement sort of moment for like two or three years at like six or seven years old do you remember any of those oldies I think that um, like old Sierra games, like King's oh, Quest. Yeah. I yes. think that was on floppy disk. Uh, What's or King's at least, Quest like? Um, it's uh, you know, it's a it's a point and click adventure where you'd like you have like use, eat, talk, um, open uh, options, and you can uh-huh. you just like you, you you know you find a mushroom, open the mushroom, use mushroom, eat mushroom <laughs> to move the plot along. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, and I never really under it was and it was kind of a, a fantasy like princess or prince like uh trying to reclaim their throne kind of uh plot. And they made a lot of them. And yeah. especially those early Sierra games, they also had Space Quest, which was like very like they had a ton of those which were great always. I mean those games are, are I used to like at sleepovers play those with friends. I had one friend named Michael, uh, who had like a ton of them and we would just always dip in but they were hard games like you had to know what you were doing a little bit and experiment quite a bit to figure it out i never and you 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 could die yeah like so like i never actually did all that well you could die in many different ways like and then you would have to like start from the beginning again kind of thing or could you save your progress i think you could save okay there was a really interesting um youtube documentary about uh the curse of monkey island that was talking about how like a lot of those early LucasArts games were in like competition with sierra games and the difference they tried to like do is that in monkey island you were not punished for exploring like in the Mm -hmm. sierra games you would like die often and they would be like you idiot you died you know and (laughs) they were like the LucasArts guys were like, that's not fair and that's not fun. Like, why don't we actually make it so that you're rewarded for exploring? You don't have to be afraid of this game and trying to, like, do cool things. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was a really cool design element, you know? Like, something yeah. to think about. Have we yeah, gone not, too far, yeah. though? Have we gone... Is it... I, I think games, you can explore too much at this point. I think we've, we've gone to the point where exploration in games is sort of infinite and it kind of has led to like sprawling out just sort of like emptiness in terms of games yeah this is definitely a thesis we're starting to tease out a little bit uh in the last couple of episodes especially just like how big so like many modern games are you know just like you can sink you can easily live a second life in them now but without without like progressing any element of the game at all it's just like i could just show up and it's I, I think it's kind of why I like Rocket League right now, or Simon and I have also been playing Apex Legends a bit. But I think like there's a containment in them that mm-hmm. I really appreciate because so many video games have just sprawled so needlessly, pointlessly out of control. Like it's like Cyberpunk, the new, you know, has 
all sorts of its own problems or whatever, but it's just like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, have we Man. seen the end of like the expanded super sandboxy games? I mean, it's kind of a tension between like immersion versus like crafted experience. Mm. Um, and I think that like games that try to be immersive, they're not actually, they think immersion is like a way to craft an experience, but actually creating rules and limitations within rules is a way to actually craft an ex like a, like a, like a, yeah, like Apex Legends, you know, we've been playing that a lot. And I think that like, it's a, just the fact that like, it has like very like, like narrow, like rules and like what you can do mm -hmm. um, makes it like emotionally like uh, hit like, you know, high amplitudes of uh, emotions in a way that like Skyrim, yeah, like you, uh, you, you don't really get those emotional peaks and lows. I really do feel like it's it's comparable to like an uncanny valley kind of a thing where at a certain point, like on the way to realism, it gets so we're, we're like we've gotten so far along, but we're not quite there yet. And so at this point right now is when things are just like, you know, like if we're you could live weird and like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you could live like a second life in these places where you actually like earned money and you could like sink your time to this like it was your fucking job to play these games and it actually was rewarding in that way that might make sense but at this point like we've progressed so far that beyond leisure that to you to you that is like the the ideal to me that's like the dystopian like i wouldn't i'm not saying it's the ideal but i'm saying at least in that way you could justify putting like the amount of time you have to put in this to really experience as much as the game as you mm -hmm. can you know what i mean yeah it's true like, i mean i've I've liked, I mean, I've always gravitated towards, like, the immersive, like, uh, other life kind of uh, games and stuff. And actually, it's only during quarantine, you know, I started off during quarantine, I was like, I want to be in a different world right now for, like, <laughs> as much as possible. But mm -hmm. it's only actually, like, playing with friends online that I've actually, like, you know, done more of the Rocket League, Apex Legends kind of stuff that it's, like, it's not a, a whole, like, there's no world building element to it. Like, and the world building element is, like, very like incredibly dumb um <laughs> yeah you guys like, are in it for the lore that you're sort of uncovering <laughs> match by match you are it's nice great cars who have been <laughs> born to play soccer <laughs> equipped with rocket packs by the gods yeah i mean there's like a little bit of that just in like the arenas that you're in or something but uh yeah it's like just enough of that to be like okay that's like i've seen that that's stupid okay move on. um <laughs> But like I, I don't know, yeah. I think I mean you say it's like it's like it's not actually like um, simulating the I don't know like it's not actually a, a good simulation of life. But like actually maybe like it maybe like Skyrim is a really good simulation of life in that it's like expansive and meaningless and there are no actual like real huge peaks and lows mm -hmm. or something. It's just like you're just in it, you know. It's not this dr high drama kind of um, cinematic experience. It's just like you're walking around. You can steal cups and stuff. Um, okay. Go. So, so you had Sega. You had PC. Uh, what games did you play on Sega? Um, uh, a lot of Sonic games. Um, uh, yes, baby. Yeah, uh, but also, actually, it's especially the ones that I remember were like uh, Sonic Spinball and Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Loved um, Sonic Spinball. Yeah. Um, the games that you actually like uh, were, are Sonic and like 
and uh, you, you got to go fast, like actually made me too anxious. So <laughs> I preferred, uh, my, my dream was always to like, for like my sisters or my dad to play Sonic and me to just sit there and watch like mm. anxiously, like, uh, uh, you know, watch the older people do it better. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, Mean Bean Machine was a big one we pl- I played with my sisters. It's kind of like um, bust, a, bust a Groove or Bust a Move. Um, mm. Uh, which was, uh, 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 that's actually, yeah. I've that game's really that fun. Game. That game's yeah. super fun. I've played, yeah. I once played it against Simon Yu and, and one of your sisters, and yeah. you all just wiped the floor with me. Yeah. It was so funny to, like, pick up this control and be like, oh, okay, I get this kind of, like, tetris sort of, like, idea of a game, and just, like, be destroyed. And it was funny, too, because I got the, um, at some point for... 360 i got the like sega genesis pack or whatever which had like Mm -hmm. 60 games that i could play on xbox and one of them was mean bean machine and i started playing mean bean machine because i was like someday i'm gonna end up back in simon's basement again (laughs) and i want to be able to hold my own in terms of (laughs) i i really feel like i came over one time you're like oh i gotta go uh, take a shower here play sonic spinball for a half an hour (laughs) it's like i was like oh six that's good to me i mean sonic spinball's fun like in terms of like games that have not enough world building in order to like to prop up the actual game that is definitely one it's like dr robotnik was like i have an idea we'll put him inside of four increasingly difficult a contained universe of pinball (laughs) the um the the pinball is not not something we've talked about a lot in the podcast and i love pinball but i'm so bad at it Mm -hmm. you know same have you like when you go to play it in arcades, I remember there was one winner. I had an arcade, one of those arcade bars near my house, and I was like, "This is the winner, man! I'm gonna get so fucking good at pinball." <laughs> and I went like three times and didn't show any improvement. And just like, <laughs> I spent like twenty bucks each time, so I'm down sixty bucks. No better at pinball. That's a bad it's, winner. It's like one of those games that like it has this like that tactile feel that's like so yes. satisfying, so but satisfying. it's. But yeah, I'm just so bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have I have none of the reflexes. I just like jitter at the machine and hope that, like, <laughs> the ball will levitate. I played the the one pinball game that I got kind of okay with is Sonic Spinball, of course. No, the Adams Family <laughs> Pinball. Um, oh, that game's that's really cool, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's like the Adams Family movie pinball machine. I feel like all the pinball like cabinets that I know are good is when someone's like okay like this is actually a really well regarded pinball machine you know what I mean it's like all tangential from friends who also don't know jack shit about pinball you know we're like oh wow they got this one that's a really well known one one of the one of the windows like ninety five or ninety eight had a decent pinball game yeah the space one oh yeah 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 I played that that's probably the best pinball Minesweeper and Solitaire yeah I it's definitely like pinball yeah the quarters mechanic arcade quarter mechanics it's just like that's just too old school at this point now it's just like just steal my data and let me play infinitely steal right? my data yeah. daddy just steal yeah. my data just like tweet to my twitter account like every time i lose a game yeah. <laughs> Go for it. it is funny i feel like we've kind of moved away from that sort of you know, I, I don't feel like apps take control of your socials anymore the way they used to, you know, like circa t- 2013, where it was like, yeah, just, you know, go ahead and let Farmville know whenever I'm uh, like, please, Farmville, let everyone know whenever I'm losing. 
oh, yeah. uh, in your game. By, or like ask, ask people for a life on uh, oh, uh, Candy Crush. Nothing yeah. more depressing than that. Is that what I never got into Candy Crush? Is that that was part of it that you could ask people for life? Yeah, you can if you get other people to like sign up and give you and like you know, like visit a, a, a link, then you'll get another life or something. Wow, that's yeah, very Ooh. manipulative. Have you guys ever gotten deep into a pay to play um, or a? Have you ever of... heard of Magic the Gathering? Yeah, no, I, no, but... <laughs> I mean Magic the Gathering. Uh, at least they have the decency to wrap their scam up in sort of years of cultural knowledge. At this, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about a mobile app emerging on the App Store that you just get hooked into and you spend like fifty bucks before you delete it. No. I mean, I got a little bit into that with like the New York Times crossword puzzle. But I don't think that's what you mean. I think you need something yeah. a little bit lower, lower, lower. I think I, I, I've done a few. I, there, there's a Japanese <laughs> yeah. one that I got really into in like 2015 or something like that. That was so strange. And it basically like you got these creatures and then you would try to arrange. It, it was like sort of like a, a match three kind of thing uh, where you would match three things in like a dungeon and then execute these attacks based on the ones you matched based on the creature you had and as you went through you get better items better creatures and stuff like that but you would run out of life and then you have to pay for it again it was like wildly successful in japan i played it sunk 25 dollars into it and then saw what it was doing to me and i had to delete it it was just like that shit's so dangerous yeah, yeah. i i definitely i mean we've talked a little bit about this like the the bings and boops and the like serotonin bumps that like yeah. i'm very susceptible to and if a game kind of correctly lines up those like blips and point systems and level up systems for me like i'm just i'm hooked easily i think it's also like a little bit about that like early on like when you're early in a game the the capacity to like get better is so high and then there's a midpoint where you just sort of like hit a plateau and that's where i think a lot of games learned like that's where you want to step up your like make them pay now it's just like oh man you've been doing so good like you're getting so good you're learning all the rules of this thing like you're getting all these points it's like yeah. how about like you put five bucks into it and we'll we'll like give you a little little bump the uh, yeah. Puzzle and Dragons was the name of the Japanese game that I got really into. Puzzles uh, and Dragons. <laughs> Puzzle and Dragons. It was so, so, so good. I could just think about it right now. <laughs> Go for um, it. Yeah. And just then there was another eyes. one. Um, the uh, Fire, Fire Emblem has a mobile game that's really fun. Um, What's Fire also... Emblem? Fire Emblem is like a... a um, strategy game uh an rpg strategy game sort of similar to shining force actually uh, mm -hmm. that i think you, you would probably like it a lot eric uh but they just released a new one for the switch it's really fun and concurrently with that they released a mobile app where this is a game that's been going on for a long time so there's all these different iterations and all these different heroes that you've met along the way so it's like this world where all of the heroes exist and you can get them and then upgrade them and do whatever or pay to buy these sort of little gachapon that are you know will may turn out to have like a rare hero in them or something like that oh um, yeah it's yeah. really really sinister stuff yeah i think yeah it's, magic magic's the one for me go ahead simon the, what were you saying? Big one. yeah no i it just it, it's i guess with uh with 
uh, games like Apex Legends, like, you know, you're going to get a lot of Apex Legends references because that, that's the game that I'm, like, hooked on right now. Yeah. But um, the, like, the fact that it's, like, free to play, but then all these, like, uh, uh, the, the, all the incentives are for, for paying for stuff, mm-hmm. it just, uh, I just don't know if that's, like, that's bad business and I, like, understand human psychology, or if I don't understand human psychology at all, and that's, like, actually just, like, that, that they actually have, like, uh, you know, they have a bunch of psychology PhDs who are, like, figuring oh, out how yeah. to, like, well, manipulate what, all this stuff. The, the freemium model, what it does, I used to work in online advertising, and so there was a, there's a big part of this because when I was working there, there, there was a lot about um, social gaming and stuff like that, and what those games do is they... They are free to play for most people, but they look go for these whales. So it's people who have these issues, and then will spend uh, like more than anyone else to to mm. do all this shit. And they just get completely hooked onto it, you know? Um, yeah. I guess yeah. I've I've always thought that like like you know how like everyone thinks like advertising works on everyone except them. Like mm-hmm. oh, I'm not actually susceptible to ads. And I kind of feel that about like all this stuff on uh, on these freemium games uh, that I'm I'm I'm. Uh, uh, I have some, you know, immunity to it, but, uh, yeah, so it makes sense that there's, like, just, like, these outliers that they're, like, well, and in some ways, you, as the person who is playing, are participating in that, right? Like, it's, like, you're creating the sort of game world that those whales are then gonna play in, which I think is, like, yeah, I mean, so... So They make you complicit. That's really interesting. Well, yeah, but I wonder if... So there's actually a very interesting article that Richard Garfield wrote. Um, and Richard Garfield is the the creator of Magic the Gathering. And and he was sort of trying to articulate what um, makes kind of magic maybe different than these, these freemium kind of clickbaity pay-to-play kind of games. And part of it is um, creating a cap like in in magic there's kind of a point where it's like if you you can spend all the money you want right but like there's just going to be a cap right there right like there's you can't keep spending money in in order to keep getting better um and then the um there was something else too but the idea the general idea is that like it's okay to pay to play video games like to pay like people put labor in in order to create games right like like paying to, in order to play games is like totally fine that's not a that is not in itself insidious but it is these games that hunt out whales and that um kind of find the gambling addicts out there mm. and like slot machines right slot machines are you, you could put, you could continue to put money into a slot machine all day, right? Like, and there is no height or limit to what you put in versus what you get out, right? It's just like you can just you are you will continue to get beeps and bloops and and that serotonin burst by putting quarters in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of games have begun to model themselves on that. I don't think Apex Legend. I mean, though, well, Pathfinder is basically one big slot machine he's like a walking <laughs> slot machine oh welcome to the apex legends podcast I've yeah <laughs> i've never played my my game like this is overwatch that i play a lot of um mm. especially recently i'm getting a little bit back into it but th- i think the important distinction to make is that like in apex legends and i think in overwatch too 
you you can spend like what you're spending on is just for skins right you don't get any better if you put money into the game it's just changes like the you can customization unlock, level of, of you can unlock, you unlock I guess, character classes too oh right. really by paying yeah. money you can unlock character classes or by or by grinding but yeah yeah i mean you know i that to, i i think there as like if we're talking about it like that's the wall right there like provide as much customization as you want across it which creates i think like a a um different kind of other disgusting thing which is like i oh people recognize this is like a sign of status either i've grinded so much or you know like i like paid for this and like then it's that scarcity which creates this mentality it's just like you know supreme or any other streetwear brand or something like that <laughs> but like you keep the actual game walled off from those things so you know what i mean like to me that they're two separate things like it's either all grinding or like all paid yeah or it's like you know you can pay 10 bucks and you can unlock whatever you know like there's probably in apex legends like a best character right like just sort of a best like that character just sort of his stats lines up you know against everybody else's better than anyone else's and if it's like you can pay 10 bucks to be able to play the best character in the game i think that that's not insidious right like because then it's like i think it's disgusting no, because it's free. You're playing. I mean, like it's free otherwise. Like, and then you can pay ten dollars in order to play the. I guess you're game, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, Overwatch costs sixty bucks, so you're gonna pay. You're paying that much to like enter into there. So that's why they can keep it walled off because you're buying a game versus Apex Legends, where you're basically buying the sandbox. You, you know what I right. mean? Right. You're buying the experience of this yeah. game that you want to kind of get better at. And if you, you know, like I think that there's like. To me, yeah, I mean, like $60 for a game, that's, like, steep, but it's kind of the price of, like, a premium video game, right? Right, exactly. I don't know. Uh, it's this is a, there's there's some like parallels. I mean, in my you said mind. you wanted a bitty episode. Yeah, this is yeah. this is one of the heady ones. <laughs> there's there, there's some parallels in my mind that I think are really interesting about like um the idea of like open world games being able to like sink so much time into them, you know, and then these games that like you know, but like cost sixty bucks, so you pay it to like have access to this world, and then mobile games that are free, but like will take more and more money from you, you know, as you go along, where you don't pay for them and like in the middle is like a short hike like you know a completely <laughs> contained wonderful little game that just presents itself to you you play through and you have nice feelings about it and then you move on with your life you, you know what i yeah. mean like there's something kind of uh like really refreshing about that middle ground that um i i have come to enjoy quite a bit <laughs> Okay, we played three games this week, Make It Last, Crest, an indirect god game, and Luminous. Why don't we start with Make It Last uh, by Strawberry Dagger Studio, which is such a funny name for a studio considering what this game was, you, you know, like Stra- <laughs> Strawberry Dagger Studio for Make Strawberry It Last. Strawberry Dagger. I like I'm it. Cute. It's so like, it's uh, it's cute, but it's dangerous. Yeah, it's a cute <laughs> LGBT anime visual novel. Description, Make It Last is a sweet visual novel that follows the lives of Harvey Chapman and Jordan Min, two guys that found each other and fell in love. This game was made for Self Care Jam 2. So it's uh, the latest of a, a couple visual novels that we've played uh, in the bundle, a, a genre I didn't have a ton of experience with before. Um, it's interesting this was a game jam game. I didn't realize that uh, playing it the first time. Um, what did you guys think? I mean, you know, what a nightmare. Three straight white guys talking about a game about a, a 
gay POC couple, but that's where we're at. So yeah. let's do the best we possibly can. Oh, and in terms of being three straight white people talking about games, this is uh, the other games that we played here will will be you know equally cringy in terms of like <laughs> I don't know whether or not I this gay you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know exactly what adjective you're gonna use. <laughs> When we get to crest, it'll be an in- it'll be an interesting conversation in terms. Yeah, of I like, had to. I was like that 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 game sent me back to books. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but make it last, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was you know it's it was cute. I didn't play through the whole thing. I uh, the visual novel genre is something that um, I I require. Uh, a lot of handholding on in terms of, and, and what I mean is just sort of like, it, it really has, a visual novel have, has to be pretty exemplary in in order for me to just be like, yes, I'm 100% like on board and I'm in it and I'm interested. And I think that up top, um, you know, we had some pretty like, like the narrative up top is, is, cool incredibly and heavy and it's heavy yeah. yeah um and then it leads into this like very like light game yeah. which i think is like to me is is probably the most fascinating aspect about it right where where you've got this kind of very almost uh like uh day in a life sort of like narrative in uh in the main game but like you have this sort of like traumatic kind of backstory for how you're playing this day in the life kind of game and i think that that's interesting i think that that there's something cool about that uh just in terms of like how your character like the feelings of your characters kind of like misease and and confusion is sort of contextualized by their sort of like early traumatic experiences like coming out to their parents um and i think that that uh, gives a cool dynamic to the to the game. I also didn't finish the game the whole way through, but one of the things I agree with you, Eric, and one of the things I found was interesting. We've talked a little bit about on the podcast about like how some creators want to make sure you understand everything about the game before you go into it and provide mm-hmm. all the context you possibly need. And at the top, it sort of felt like that to me at first, um, where they give this whole story and then. You know, it's it's maybe like seven or eight uh, slides about sort of like these really gripping, sad stories about, you know, not being accepted by the, the two main characters, not being accepted by their family for who they are and who they love. And then the last one is and then they met and they fell in love. And that's where we're at now. And it, it's it felt like it crammed so much into the sort of one thing where I didn't have all the information about the context of the relationship. However, as you're playing the game. And it goes on. They show the spoiler alert, but they show they do some time jumping and get color in that information a little bit more, mm. which makes me wonder if by the time you get to the end of the game, all of that expansive information about the family is important as well. You mm. know, so unfortunately, I didn't finish it to find out if uh, there is more to that. If they uh, sort of justify how much they put at the top, uh, or how much they didn't put at the top to to sort of like at the end. Um, but as it was, it's just sort of like a cute, goofy little relationship game where um, 
the writing's not necessarily great. Uh, you're not necessarily drawn in, uh, in in a huge way. It doesn't feel like superly, super, supremely well-sketched-out characters that I related to a lot. But then again, I'm not a gay Korean man. So I, I don't have the same thing of like the delight of seeing myself represented in this thing um, quite quite the same way. Sure. So it, it didn't gri grip me as much as I was hoping it would, I, I didn't feel like drawn into it in a very specific way, but it was perfectly pleasant. There's nothing wrong with it. You, you know what I mean? Um, so, Simon, what did you think? Oh, I just hated it. <laughs> I, I mean, you guys, you guys are making very good points about like the, uh, the, uh, how it's interesting and the tension that it created. Uh, that's, that's very interesting. I, I sort of finished it in that, like, I, uh, there was a like a fast forward button and i like fast forwarded to whatever the big reveal is at the end um i don't think it I, there might be some things i i missed uh that that did call back to the like the slides at the beginning um but i don't really get a sense that it did i feel like it just kind of it, it felt very disjointed in that it was like it was like a very like the, the heaviness at the beginning was like one uh, uh, kind of, it, it was like one kind of like uh, uh, like uh, drama and and uh, issue, and then when they got to the like present day stuff and even some of the flashbacks, it felt the, the like the stakes and the drama just felt like just nothing. Like yeah. there, and that it just and like then like the big reveal at the end, I was like, oh well, okay. I I wonder if it's gonna be like something like really dramatic and i had all these like theories i was like put, putting it together wait wait um, spoil spoil the ending for me that uh 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 he proposes to uh uh the uh the the the, the, the black dude proposes to the korean dude I oh they're not married no which is kind of interesting uh, that it kind of uh 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 does that um that's kind of like a a twist but yeah they they uh they uh They've got like a, at the end of the month. a daughter together. They have like a twenty-year-old yeah. daughter together. Yeah, yeah. Which, wow. yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess uh, that, that. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, which makes sense. I mean, in that that like you know like a marriage, a gay marriage being becoming a thing that's more uh, possible now. Um, but yeah, no, I just felt that the um, I thought it was going to go in this direction of like um, like alcoholism or like some like something like really like like deep and like actually like dramatic in the relationship but then that there uh that it wasn't it just felt like kind of this like this like neoliberal nuclear family kind of fantasy world in the in the over the course of the game that i felt was like just so like uh fant like fantastical and twee that it felt like uh, that I was like actually like repulsed by it. So it was self care <laughs> gone too far. Yeah, that it was like it was like and and my sense I was like okay I could see this as like being like a like a, a story you tell yourself about like some relationship that is going to last for a long time have a lot of like uh, like you know like uh, uh, stories and whatnot and that you arrive at a moment that of like kind of like this like happy fulfillment there and I just felt like that's just like. It's like just like a, a a characterization of relationships that I felt is um, uh, like kind of like da 
damaging in a way. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that that's, I hear that, but I think it's less insidious than that. If, you know, like, I think it's more just sort of like a longing for a normalcy, which I don't think is so um, horrific, right? Like in terms of, you know, I don't know anything about the the. Well, so, so he, I think there's something important that we we've been trying to do a better job of with these game jam games of including the context in which they were made. So this is from Self Care Jam Two, which came out in 2017. Uh, it says 2017 is almost over. It's been quite a stressful time for a lot of us. So let's take a week to work on something tiny for our own sake. There's no competition, no risk, and no pressure. You don't have to do anything big or shiny. Just take a moment to get the satisfaction of making something that would that won't add undue stress into yourself. You can make a game write a poem, knit a sweater, draw a picture, compose a song, and do anything else that you would enjoy. It doesn't need to be about the state of the world or something that makes people that uh, play it feel happy. This is just for you. So, you know. It's so funny to think of, like, 2017. Oh, what a rough year. (laughs) I mean, you know, it it was the the second year of Trump, so there was Yeah, it was horrible. It was truly horrible. It was so great. (laughs) It was, like, easily one of the best years of the Trump presidency. (laughs) The funny thing is, thinking back to like when people were like, uh, like the year that like David Bowie and Prince died, like, and people were like, God, this year will never end. And that was like 2014 or 2015. Like, years have gotten, years have gotten dark. They're bad. Um, I I would hate to see the game, like the saccharineness of a game that someone would make after this year. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. This game is too light and there's not enough drama going on in it. Now it would just be like, okay, everyone's fine. Healthcare is free. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) truly fantastical. Like, yeah. Our healthcare system works perfectly for everyone, according to this game. What a good game. Yeah. I think that, like, I think when with my with my aversion to the visual novel genre, I need more choices, I think, or... Yeah, this yeah. game had very few choices. Uh, Mark, markedly so. Yeah. And I don't know if they were important. In any that didn't seem like a... It didn't yeah. Se- yeah, it just seemed like it was gonna affect the next frame, right? Mm-hmm. Or it just sort of like, yeah. And again, it's a jam game, so it is what it is. It's cute, it's fine. It, I think we've, we've said what we were gonna say about it, uh, Simon, for you, is it a pass or a play? Uh, for me, it, it would be a pass. But this is also, yeah, I mean, it's it, I'm, I'm I'm definitely yucking people's yum here, and I'm like, and it's like, yeah, I mean, hearing uh, the the context of why it was created the way it was makes me feel like uh, re- more repulsive myself. But like, <laughs> I, I think that like generally, I think it, yeah, it's not my kind of game. It's like uh, not my my kind of. Uh, fantasy of like what a relationship looks like and my like understanding of like relationships it's so it's like on both of those levels it was just uh it just missed the mark for me um yeah eric (laughs) yeah uh yeah no it's a it's a it's a pass uh for me also um i i think there are a couple interesting elements to it like i do i am I, 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 there is something interesting about the context of something that is very sweet and uh, and saccharine having this kind of like this uh, kind of early seed of um, trauma, right? Because then you can't help but read it, that trauma into this like very sweet 
story. And so to me, that is, um, that's an element that I think is, is, uh, is worth commending in this. Uh, but the game itself is, is just a little bit too, um, not a game. And the story itself is a little too, uh, day in the life in order to kind of keep me, uh, in there. Very cool that it's, uh, you know, POC gay couple in this game. Uh, I love to see that, uh, but, for this game itself it just it didn't quite get there for me yeah i'm I'm echoing everything you guys said i think those are very good points and you know important to note that if representation is is important for you which it should be you know this is a good game to see you know just the the possibilities of two people from different backgrounds kind of exploring life together and and what that might mean when you're 20 years down the line in a good relationship so in that way it's something to be celebrated you know (laughs) that this is a, a nice thing Having said that, like I'm a pass, like, you know, it, it, it didn't um, grab me in any specific way. And uh, while I, I want to celebrate the, the kind of inclusivity of that thing, for me, there, there wasn't enough of a game for me to sort of hang on to. Um, I don't think I'll, I'll return to it to, to finish it up. Um, and, and one of the, the, the only note I have, too, is that one of the guys, when he would stand there, always sort of stood with his hands behind his back, like, <laughs> sort of like, like in this kind of weird like jungle caddy sexy kind of way all the time um i was like "Mm, that's a a strange thing but then when they did a flashback he did in that one too and i was like oh that's just his thing there we go you know he's always been doing it um that was fun but uh so that's three passes unfortunately this game is three mushrooms short of a risotto folks (laughs) okay moving on to the next game which was crest an indirect god game by eat create sleep a simulation 3d life simulation low poly open world procedurally generated real-time strategy sandbox single player unity game uh, description the your word is gospel in this god sim set in sub-saharan africa influence and try to control your followers using commandments but beware free will leaves the these open to interpretation will you create a flourishing civilization or live into death and destruction um what did you guys think so yeah so this this is definitely a game that is breaking my brain in terms of like from get go uh like where do you start do you start with the question of like is this game racist like do is that where you begin because maybe that's where maybe that's where we should start as opposed to like talking about the game itself is this? I guess yeah. is this? Yeah, where? Yeah, let's start with let's three, start with uh, three white guys. Colonialism. Yeah. Is this game where you are a god, uh, com- like giving commandments to sub-Saharan, like early civilization Africans? Is that racist? That's the yeah. That's that. That, that was the question. The, the like the first question I had when playing this game. Actually, it was maybe the second question I had when playing this game. After being like, "Whoa, what are all these rules?" Um, <laughs> right. And then so there's that element also where it's just like, and then also there's a million fucking rules. And actually, like, as I got into the game, I think the game itself is a is an interesting complex mm-hmm. game, right? And but then also. There's the graphical element where it was it, it was very difficult to run on my computer. Yeah, mine too. And so mm. that's the that's the place, you know, let's 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 go out from there. So the 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 first thing to say is that uh, it's 
sort of like a, a low res 3d graphical game where there's all this stuff happening all the time so this thing like is made my computer chug you know my and 2018 and MacBook each, pro and each of the of your like followers have their own kind of like artificial intelligence which i think probably uh contributes a little bit to that uh mm -hmm. um to that there's like there's like it's not only like graphically very complex but i think that it there's probably like some complexity like under the under the hood of just yeah. all the game mechanics yeah and there so there this thing is like just chugging along and this game really requires like you to have pretty seamless control in the moment to be able to react to things and create things as much as possible so when you have kind of this thing chugging along through it it's really hard to do things effectively or really get a good sense of what you're supposed to be doing uh, because ideally you're just moving fluidly through everything and you can observe everything and when it's just sort of like choppy and weird and there's like a hard thing it just creates an added layer of difficulty that the an already pretty difficult game doesn't need so i think that's what was one aspect of my component uh, yeah. or one aspect one component of this that i think is important to note so i had a hard time playing the game for that reason the second thing is that as you guys are saying this game is like so complicated you know and it's not complicated in the way that you know, the last conversation, the last word was where it's just sort of like, ah, da -da 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 -da. you know, there's all these like different things you have to learn a system that eventually you get pretty quickly. Yeah. There is so much stuff going on that you have to keep a handle on and see that, you know, like I felt. Like well, and they also did that thing. They did that thing up top too, where it's just like, we're going to explain all of the rules to you, but, but like mm -hmm. not all of the rules. Like, I think that like when, I've come to really, you know, respect um, decent tutorials and decent games that kind of, because there's a way in which this game could have eased you in a, a little bit more, shown you what was fun about it before showing you all the rules to it, right? Like, I think it's not a board, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's not, you don't need to know all of the rules before you begin playing this game. You know what I mean? Like, if they started up top and were like, let's have you do a commandment, right? And it's just like, cool, look, you could play around, you could see how that sort of does, but they just showed you all of the menus in this in the way that like you would need to know before starting a board game goes, right? Where it's like, yeah. yeah. I, so but they actually, they don't show you all the rules. There, <laughs> there are some things that like then they, they kind of, they introduce as you go. So they do, it is, it's, it's a complex game. And I'm wondering also like if it's like, Compared to other games um, in the bundle, it's probably one of the more, I, I would guess, I haven't played many of them, as many as you guys, but I would guess it's one of the more complex games. Th that said, like, I don't know, I've played, like, Paradox Interactive games, like Europa Universalis, that mm -hmm. are, like, way more complicated. Um, and so I feel like some of the, so I, once I got, like, into the, like, basically, like, where do I find all the little power meters for different, like, aspects of my, um, of my, like, civilization, mm -hmm. it, it actually, like, it actually felt, in some ways, like, it actually felt a little bit, like, too simple, in some ways, mm -hmm. um, because, like, you know, then I was just, like, oh, okay, well, I know that I have to keep an eye on, like, this meter, and this meter, and this meter, and make some decisions to kind of, like, maximize all of those meters, uh, but, it didn't, it actually, like, the complexity kind of, um, waned, uh, yeah, it waned pretty quick after, uh, 
like you know once i got into like the second hour what um was your computer able to run it pretty easily did, did yeah, you, yeah yeah i didn't have any issues with that um, that's i i so the the next part component about it for me was that i actually really did enjoy it once i started getting going with it like same. you know like yeah. the, the the um it reminded me of sort of like a civilization game or something like that you know which is kind of my experience with these sorts of things where there is like some complex systems you have to keep an eye on but you sort of make the choices and then go with it and and you have that it's not turn based so it's not that another turn but there are sort of elements that you're working towards so there is like mm -hmm. okay when i get my next uh round of influence or faith i'll be able to use that to like do this specific action which i need to do to like have this thing happen um or i can click on these people and figure out what they need to do or, or what they are doing so I, I started to have a lot of fun with it i just wish my computer had been able to run it a little better um mm -hmm. but we can all agree that like, there is uh some fun elements of like a game here you know once the system starts to interact in a certain way which is nice mm -hmm. uh so yeah, and it brings I, us and to sort of the last question sorry simon, simon before we get well to no, and actually just about that like i think that the it actually like does some interesting iterations on the civilization yeah, like genre big time. and like the fact that it's an indirect god game like mm -hmm. in civilization you're the god and you kind of tell everything what to happen like how happy your citizens should be and whatnot um in this like your your followers actually have free will and they like might might not do what you tell them or they might actually and one of the really interesting uh, uh mechanics in my opinion was that like they might like have like a free association of like one one verb that you use with yeah. a different completely different verb yeah so they might actually like develop patterns that like are like counter to what your uh what your intent is um which i thought i thought that was like really like a, a smart and kind of ties into this question of like is it uh racist and colonialist because i think that it like it's that kind of to me like played a little bit more with like like these like uh, uh games where you just like you are this like technocrat in the sky able to like see all the different power meters and like move people towards uh uh the the, the perfect destiny for them uh but in this it's like actually like i in the sky actually had less power in in some capacity than mm -hmm. the followers mm -hmm. uh, themselves and they actually had like free will that every day they like got up and they did whatever they wanted. And uh, there was kind of this like almost like uh, I think almost this like kind of like utopian element where like these followers could like do whatever they wanted and like, you know, followed like commandments from uh, a deity, but like actually like uh, uh, kind of pursued uh, whatever they thought was most important to them in a mm -hmm. given day. Meanwhile, like I'm this like you know this like technocrat like watching these power meters, then like being like, how can I maximize like faith? Oh my god! Like it's it, it, <laughs> I felt like I had less free will than the, the than the 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 the, play, the the followers in some ways, which was kind of a, a kind of interesting inversion on that genre, uh, which maybe nudged it a little bit away from the racist colonialist uh, uh, mm -hmm. argument. Um, yeah, so. I don't. I mean, I think that that is. That is interesting, but I think ultimately you're still playing this game, which I think is like a genre of games, right? And it's like it the to me it's just like if this was like a group of, you know, elves, right? Or aliens, like I wouldn't have this question about whether or not this was mm -hmm. you know, racist or colonialist, right? And but 
it's like specifically sub-Saharan Africa, right? And but it's like, but also vaguely like the the way in which it is sub-Saharan Africa is like vague, right? So it's this weird kind of, um, you know, sort of postmodern understanding of what a sub-Saharan African tribe kind of is. I it, yeah, I mean. I don't, I guess I don't know the answer. I, like, I really don't know the answer. Yeah. And to and, me, yeah. yeah. To me, it hinges, sorry, the, it hinges on the, like, when does this game take place? Like, is this game, like, a, like a supposed to be a vision of what a sub-Saharan African tribe is doing, like, now? Mm-hmm. That would be, like, so backwards and racist for this, uh, for this game to be asserting that. Mm-hmm. Is it saying this is, like, the dawn of civilization and, like, and that, this, like, yeah, and this is, like, then in that way, it's like, oh, like, actually, yeah, that's like an acknowledgement of like the fact that like, you know, uh, like society was born in Africa, like, right. Which, yeah. but it, but it is, it is a little bit ambiguous enough about that kind of stuff that, but uh, like, you're, feels, you're also you know, like playing a God. And the first thing that you do is like, tell them the all to pick berries. I mean, I think like, it's just like straight up from the top. You're like, this feels fucking weird and maybe it's also just sort of like me as a white dude like part- like i don't know i don't know where you know my position in the game yeah i don't know it's uh there there are a lot of questions with this game to be honest <laughs> i mean you guys are uh having this conversation is really interesting and important it's not something i considered uh, when i booted it up for the first time which is just showing my ignorance of it you know but i was basically just approaching it uh, as like you know here's this sort of early version of what a game like civilization could be you, you know like where there's a lot lots of questions in that game that sort of if you started playing the first one now would it be okay for you to be Gandhi or is it okay that Gandhi is warlike and will like nuke you if he gets the chance? Like, you know, there, and I think it's important to have those discussions. I also think it's important to, to sort of leave the room for those things to be true or not and be answered by other people other than us, you you know, (laughs) whose actual experiences are impacted by this, which is not to say that it's not an important conversation to have. I just don't think this is a question that we can adequately answer. We just have to be able to bring up, these things as much as possible and turn it up and then ultimately say like was the game fun to play or not you know and <laughs> right yeah but i guess <laughs> one and, 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 like just like is it okay for track? it to be fun to play i don't know if it's okay <laughs> it was really hyper colonialist it was hyper colonialist and it was a blast yeah. <laughs> i had so much fun uh bossing people around <laughs> But but sometimes they didn't take my directive, so I was trying to figure out more passive-aggressive ways in order to... Well, but but I think Simon really got on something really, really interesting, where, you know, is it hyper-colonial if you try to do these things, these people develop these different things, and then you try to correct that, and then actually the things they do turn out to be better than what you tried to envision? In what ways, I guess, in what ways is that actually different than colonialism, right? Like, in some ways, it's even more similar to... The col- but the, but the point is that colonialism is, is is stupid and wrong. You know what I mean? Which is which? Sure. Uh, which yes. it, it doesn't endorse it. Expl- like, exp- it, but it gives an example of like what the reason this thing was bad was because these people thought they knew what they were doing, and in fact they were making things so much worse. And when the native people like actually were allowed to do things themselves, like that's when things got better. You know, like the, the sure. what, what I. What, 
so obviously this game is not actually about sub-Saharan Africa because right. like it's not actually like it's kind of this like fantasy like um you know like like uh economists in the the, the 19th century would would talk about like the origins of capitalism like and use like Robinson Crusoe as like this like, <laughs> right, example right. it's like it's like actually just like this um this way of talking about today using this like myth about like mm-hmm. uh so in some ways actually i thought that this was it was interesting i saw that, that this was made by like a like i think a swedish, swedish uh, development company yeah and so that got me thinking about how this is actually not a in some ways this is not a game about like what the role like a god played back then but what the role like like the uh like the welfare state and like social democracy plays today like should play in society today interesting like it's it's like this like and like you're this like there's like some like technocrats who can like kind of like min max uh the like society uh but like um but they're all these people who are like you know who are doing whatever they want um uh which i thought was a it 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 just it struck me as interesting of like um how this is a uh this is sort of more like it was sort of a way of talking about like the role that we want government to be playing like today um in our society but using this um this like mythic sub-saharan africa kind of like uh, a whole setting in order to to explore that hmm. and the thing it's saying about society today is is that we want government to like tell us to pick berries if we need berries or like we want the, go- the government to like you know be like this kind of like positive uh force uh in our lives but also we recognize that like there is like uh, there's this tension of control and like um, uh, uh, and like democracy at a certain level of like uh, of what the people actually do in that that is kind of like can sometimes randomly run at odds with uh, with these uh, uh, these demands, which that's kind of what I was uh, thinking about. Uh, yeah. Because I think whether it's colonialist or not is like uh, is kind of uh, I mean it it is in many ways and it's also like. It's just like kind of uh yeah it's 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 kind it kind of is in many ways and it kind of isn't uh but to me it felt like more of like a um uh what what the game designers are telling themselves government should be for hmm. um, simon i absolutely love that i don't think we're gonna get a better analysis of it than that. <laughs> um, the only thing i'll say is that i didn't get you like that enough. bit you like my uh, heady <laughs> bit no i love it i love it um i and it, my only other thing would be I, I would like to have a computer so I could run this game a little more because I am very interested in playing more and trying to figure out a, a little more of this thing. I, I didn't even play long enough for it to get complicated. You know, mm-hmm. It was just sort of like, oh, I'm seeing how this will play out over time. I'd like to play more of this, and then here we go, time for the episode. But I did have one person. One thing you can do is when people die, you can interview them about what they liked about life, which is, is kind of interesting. Oh, I didn't get to that. That's so sweet. Yeah, you get down. You go down uh, to to the underworld where the tutorial sort of originates, and you interview them, and they can give you things that you can then implement. Like you know, and my person who died at the beginning was like, "I had a great life. I think you did a great job." And 
I died surrounded by my family. Thank you so much for my time on Earth. And then, like, faded away into the past. <laughs> Holy shit. But I'd be so curious when it would be, like, after I am, like, running three cities and, like, my commandments have pissed off other people. So no one's really happy anymore. And there's all this complicated, like, web of influence that I'm having to deal with. And that's, like, you know, I was mad that I had to pick gems all my life. And you suck. You know what I mean? Like, and then they fade off in the distance. Um, so final thoughts. Uh, I'll start. I am a play on this. I, I think there are a new uh, a number of questions that need to be answered about it uh, by folks who aren't three white guys to, to really, uh, you know, be able to like tease out some of these larger questions. Um, but it, as a, a game itself, it is very interesting. There's a lot of cool stuff going on under the hood. So if you have a little beefy rig, uh, boot it up, and you, and you like strategy games like this, real-time strategy games, uh, check it out and, and give it a whirl and, and, and see what you think about it. Um, it's an interesting game. Um, Eric? Yeah, I um, you know, have complicated feelings about it, unanswered questions about whether or not... Uh, you know, like what the what the role of a game like this? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I. Yeah. I. I guess I don't really have. My my questions are unanswered. I. Uh, I think that there's like this whole genre of games that kind of take place with this kind of like colonialist sort of lens and uh and i i don't particularly need to play them anymore like there's just there's other games out there and whether or not uh you know like whether or not something like apex legends like what kind of you know propaganda am i am i swallowing by playing apex legends it feels subtle enough that i don't that i'm like totally down to just enjoy and play apex legends without you know really questioning but this is sort of like so front and centered that i'm just sort of like i think i'm just going to be a pass on this um and I, I that being said i do think that like the kind of subject verb subject um means for yeah. sort of controlling for like playing this game i think is a very interesting um setup and i do think the that programming language there's like a that. very cool there are some cool elements in terms of how um, this game was put together. Um, and so I, you know, I think that those are all interesting. Uh, it's a pass for me, but, um, you know, they put a lot of time and effort and energy into this game and I think have a good, uh, game sense. Uh, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, I think it's a play, uh, because, I think that like what I saw that the developers were would, like try to do with their games is like put forward games that like ask questions or like encourage uh, certain questions, and I think it definitely did that. Like, mm -hmm. like, uh, and and it's like I think that it's the 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 indirect deity kind of aspect of it like made for a lot of like interesting iterations on like the genre. Which, if you like these kinds of games, uh, like civilization kind of games, then it's uh, it's really like it's kind of got a lot of thoughtful mechanics there. Um, I think that it, um, I think that like it would be, I, I think the like the question of like the the racial politics of it like is like like thorny enough that I would want people to like 
it's like it's like the, oh we're just asking questions it's like I, there's sometimes people who are like just asking questions and you're and they're like like libertarian racist like right wingers and like it is it like just asking questions in that way or is it just asking questions in a good way but ultimately it's like you know um i think that people can play this and like uh, uh get good things out of it while also like um because the propaganda like you said is so front and center it's like yeah you can't really like um just uh uh it doesn't go under the radar at all yeah yeah so you really it's really head on whether yeah i don't know i mean like i think about like board games like the game puerto rico right it's just like there's a lot of these kind of like board games that like smart people play right and it's just like they like complex rules and complex interactions and but also like the world of the game that the game designer set up is just a little like just doesn't yeah i don't yeah i don't know just make them aliens folks just reskin it please if it was alien yeah but i and so i don't yeah i don't know an interesting thorny game thorny Uh, game <laughs> uh, a lot of lot of cool stuff going on there, um, and some not so cool stuff, and some stuff to be talked about some more. So you know, I don't know if I've felt that way about a conversation about a game on here quite quite the same. So more than anything, congrats on like creating something to talk about, Chris. Um, next game will not be quite as difficult to discuss. Uh, Luminous by Kieran Sheldon, a two D black and white pixel art platformer adventure game. Guide Keith through a darkened wasteland on a quest to rekindle light. Can you bear the weight of your destiny as your light dwindles and the shadows twist into ever stranger shapes? Can you trust the creature that guides you through this unsettling platforming adventure? Um, This is a really straightforward game. You wake up and then uh, you're sort of navigating using a keyboard around. Uh, There will be stuff. You you gather sparks and then light beacons, uh, but your health bar uh, affects... You can use health... uh, to uh, go sort of super saiyan for a second you go luminous, which increases, yeah. you go luminous which increases your uh, physical ability to jump around you've got a big sword that you can swipe um and then when you collect sparks you gain health back and then uh you have this kind of wisecracking uh guide that will advise you about stuff but it's also very 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 mean to you often <laughs> um, and uh, you're trying to save the world. So th- that's the premise. Um, I-, I only played through the first two levels, more or less, in this. I My keyboard made it hard to kind of control what was going on. Um, and I tried to plug in my controller and could not do it. So it was yeah. just... So I, I used my controller, but the controller, only the directions worked with the controller. So it was like I was using the arrows of the controller and then the keys on the keyboard. But also, my guy... It was like if I was facing right and I pushed left on my controller, my dude just sort of started backing up instead of turning around. So I don't know what. It's uh, a precision platformer uh, that is tough to play on a keyboard. So it, it's a real, it's a pretty hard game, I think, if you don't have the right kind of keyboard for it or the right kind of equipment. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, yeah, I mean that like the so it seemed pretty like new like somebody was kind of it you know maybe programming a game for the first time kind of is the the vibe i got just in terms of like the blocks and how you were uh sort of moving through it i will say that like going luminous felt pretty cool like it was just like the black and the black and white sort of aspect 
of the game is like okay yeah this is a pretty simple game and then like when you let went luminous that was like awesome like that if that is the game right there is just like going luminous <laughs> like just having this thing and then like getting all the colors to like go like that and being able to like super jump and stuff like that like that's cool it passes I, the spike rule it does pass the spike rule you those those spikes yeah. I, actually those spikes are kind of cool like the design of the spikes is like those look like spikes that are just gonna like hurt you yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's not a clean entry no no <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, what do you think, Simon? Um, it it was uh, it was a very very frustrating game for mm. me, um, in a way that I think is like I wondered if like it was it, it seemed intentional almost. Mm -hmm. Like I think the 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 mechanics of like moving um, felt very clunky. Like your guy was like kind of like too tall for the 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 the, the space. It felt almost like yeah that's um, yeah. That's sort of what I yeah. mean in terms of like it felt kind of like a first timer sort of game, like, like just sort of the blocks that you're trying to jump over that sort of like create mm -hmm. the terrain just feel like of strange size compared to you. Right. And like it reminded me a lot of like working in a nonprofit um, <laughs> where like you have this like manager who is manipulative and shitty and telling you about like 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 uh you know encouraging you to burn yourself out you have a burnout meter that like you can like <laughs> use it in order to like push towards like some like a uh, special thing and then everything all like the programs and stuff you have are from like like 1992 or something that you're working <laughs> off of that it just like and those it, are the it, bad it, guys you're encountering no that's like the the ui and like the the, the controls <laughs> are, are like very um so it felt very much like uh, that which I found like very uh, it, it was interesting because it was like obviously intentional with like that that mm -hmm. guide spirit being this like totally like uh, manipulative uh, like using uh, actual manipulation uh, strategies. I remember yeah. when I died in the first level, he said, "Hey, remember when you died in the first level? Let's not do that again." I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god! Like this is a page right out of the abuser handbook." Yeah, I actually wrote down one because I, I was so angry that this like spirit said this to me that I wrote it down. Uh, that it says, uh, uh, "What makes you think you deserve to stay warm and safe while other people are out there suffering in the dark? Haven't you thought about what you what, uh, what you might owe them?" And I was like, "Oh man, fuck you! Like I am playing a game right now. You do not like." You do not like have any right to talk to me like that. You don't know what I do, you know, like when I'm not playing games. Okay. <laughs> it's also, there's this like, I think, yeah, I, the like mean half comedy, uh, game, like indie game dialogue that we, that we've encountered. It's just sort of just like, I don't know. We can, I can do without it. I'm so. I, I'm, this one felt pretty effective, though, in terms of like actually sort of nailing a tone. I, I'm yeah. curious to see how this resolves itself. Like, I, I do. I, I, I would like to play more. Unfortunately, I feel like the game itself is not interesting enough for me to keep on going. But, but if it were, if it was easier, if it felt like the limitations of like the platforming were due to my own situation as opposed to an actual mechanical issue with how I am controlling it, 
then I would definitely be much more captivated. If controlled a little easier in a way that felt like if I just stick with this, I'll get better at it, you know, and then be able to do it as opposed to, oh, because of the layout I have, no matter what I do, I'm not gonna be able to play this very well, you know? Like Yeah, I was, I got to the final day. I, I think it's only, I mean, I didn't beat the, I think what it was the last level. It was called the final day. I didn't, oh, great. Uh, I did not beat that one because then that got like really hard. It was, it felt to me like it was just sort of like, okay, yeah, this is kind of complicated. But like, it seemed like for the most part, you could probably just run through a lot of this game and make it to these beacons without like actually trying to interact with most of the game. Like nobody was going to kill you, kill you. So there is something interesting about this. There are multiple endings for this game. Yeah. Well, I got to one of them. Um, so I would be at your ending, Simon. Yeah, I'll cut this um, out. So I got to the one where if you don't get all of the like right. little sparks, um, that uh, and you get to the last beacon, like nothing happens. And uh, spoiler alert, you then get to, which was so satisfying, you get to kick the ass of that asshole spirit because <laughs> it starts attacking you, which <laughs> was, I was like that, which which. Which was actually like very cathartic uh, uh, <laughs> after I had like built up so much bile towards this uh, spirit. Um, but yeah, and and then it said that there were like mo- there were other endings uh, to it. There were like two other endings. I, I but I I did not want to play through it again to get to the other mm-hmm. uh, endings. Yeah, I really want to collect everything inside of a platformer. You know what I mean? Like it's just sort of like I don't. It's not a. I rarely want to collect everything inside of a video game. Like that's mm-hmm. not a, to me, that's, that's not fun. Yeah. Sorry. Going, uh, Luminous was like you said, they were like, very, very fun. You know, uh, oh, one other thing, too, uh, the, the, uh, the, the light of the, like how far you can see outside of yourself also shrinks as you get lower health too. Yeah. I right. think which was, cool. a nice, you know, so yeah, there are some really fun little mechanics kind of overlapping here on this thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, bottom line, is this a pass or play for you guys? Um, Eric, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I think it's a pass. Uh, it's, you know, it's cute. It's got a couple cute elements to it. Going Luminous feels cool. And I think what's cool about Going Luminous is that they're, you know, using pretty, um, pretty kind of rough graphic graphics. And with in that they were able to find something that was uh, cool and unique and felt very special, despite maybe like a limited um, graphical palette. Uh, that being said, like, yeah, the swinging the sword to like fight the monsters thing, it felt a little clunky. Uh, and it's, yeah, generally, you know, running away from these like spike wheels and stuff like that was just sort of like, eh, not, not, uh, you know, in the there's so many platformers you can play. Uh, when you're making a platformer, it's got to feel very uh, special to be a play. So this is a pass for me. Simon. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I yeah, I, the the it was it, it had that interesting dy- dynamic with the like the 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 luminous bar um, being your like power and your health and your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it was interesting how it was like the the the, the spirit that really stuck with me, <laughs> and how you got to fight it at the end. I thought that was interesting, but ultimately, like, it's uh, 
it's uh, theoretically more interesting than it was actually to play in practice. Yeah. Um, I am probably a pass on this one as well, although it's a soft pass uh, and it's a personal one. I think if you like platformers, there's no reason not to check out this like sort of small little game to sort of get some stuff from. There's some fun ideas in here. But for me personally, uh, there, I just like for a precision platformer, I want a little more precision in my controls than I was able to do, um, given that. So uh, for me personally, I'm a pass, but it's a cool little game. Um, and that was the last game. Uh, Simon, thank you so much for being our guest on Bubble Buddies. Uh, where can folks find you online? Uh, I don't know if you can. Hopefully you can't. <laughs> I have to look at that. Anything to plug, anything you want to talk about? Or do, are you just going to be happy to fade into the night after this? Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go out in my luminous uh, fade. Yeah. <laughs> I hope your spirits aren't quite as cruel to you as you sort of wake up the next day. No, you guys were a blast. Yeah, okay. it was great working. Oh, my you God. To be malignant a, spirit, a weird spirit. I love that. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna listen to this episode, Simon? Uh, <laughs> I might. I might, uh, <laughs> I might. I mean, that's an interesting question. I probably won't listen to the whole thing. It's probably gonna be a pass for me. Um, uh, I might like let Maggie listen to it. Well, for me, <laughs> little play. This is the last of an episode. A little oh, headier right. than uh, I think some of our fans like, but uh, really, really fun. <laughs> I, I'm a big time play. Eric, what do you think? I'm a play, 100%. That was great. What a wonderful episode of Bundle Buddies. Uh, Alex, I think that we're getting really good at this. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, our guest next week is Tim Lamphere. He's a gamer and comedian and streamer based in New York City. You can catch him streaming at twitch.tv-totallytim, LOL. His sketch comedy group, Cigarette Sandwich, uh, has a show once a month in the Annoyance Theater Twitch channel. Uh, the next one is actually this Saturday, 227. So if any of those things I just said about him sound interesting and it's worth going to check them out, uh, the show is really, really fun and funny. I would go look at it, and uh, I hope we'll have on more members of the sketch group here at some point. But it, it's uh, Tim's great. Oh, Tim's, Tim's really cool. Tim's fantastic. This, this is a super funny one. What are the games, Eric? What are the games? What are the games? You tell me. What are the games? You what are the me. games? Crank open that vault and stick your dirty little hands in there and pull them games out, friend. My grubby mitts. Here we go. <laughs> Forma eight. From Mixed Bag Games, a single-player action-adventure exploration metrovania. The Night Fisherman from Far Few Giants and Chard and Default. Interactive fiction, atmospheric, political, short visual novel. And Parallax from Toasty Games, Jesse PB, and Z. A black-and-white dimensional monochrome portal puzzle game. Ooh, next one. Um, that's I it. have a prediction that next week I'm going to make a very, very strong accusation on one of these games. That's just my forethought. That's just my tingly little. Yes, it's gonna. Story. It's exciting. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> of course, because we haven't recorded this episode yet, and we don't know what's what it's like to play them. Like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there, please, and track us down on the web at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you for sticking around and hanging out with us, uh, Eric. I love you. I love you too, Alex.
Good. Uh, have a great Bye. week, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Good. Bye. Bundle Buddies is produced by Alex Honnett and Eric Taylor Roth. The theme song is Neo Shiki by Roll Music.